0: Thank you for choosing the podcast of East Haven Baptist Church in Brookhaven, Mississippi. For more information on the ministries of East Haven and to access videos and sermon notes from our services, visit www.easthaven.net. Because I've only been here about three months, I did not realize what a very special group of graduates we have. I'm a little bit intimidated by this group after hearing about all their accomplishments, well-rounded. I mean, we are fortunate that they are representing the Lord, their families, and representing our church family. And I'm thankful that Robert reminded you that no matter where you go, there's always an open door for you if you choose to not stay in this area you come back and visit so just know that this is your church home even when you join other churches in the days ahead and I would encourage you to find a church home wherever you land in several months if you're not in this area so here's what I want you to know graduates I am targeting the message from God's word as we've been studying Nehemiah to you as graduates but that we're going to allow everybody else that's in here to listen in okay And I also believe that because it is God's Word, that any time we hear God's Word read, His Holy Spirit speaks to us if we let Him. He convicts, He comforts, He helps us. So just know from time to time when we have a service like this and we target a specific group That because we're going to be basing the message on God's Word, it has potential to change the trajectory of our lives as well as the target group. So I want to begin today with these words. There There was a high school graduation, and a young man who was not accustomed to speaking publicly in front of people was given the opportunity to speak. And so he assisted some help from those that he loved and one particular person. So he stood up and he started reading the prepared text or message. It went like this to the audience. I want to talk about my father and the wonder, wonderful influence he has had on my life. He is a shining example of parenthood, and I love him more than words. And then pausing for a moment. And then with a sly grin on his face, he looked up and said, sorry, but it's really hard to read my father's handwriting. (laughs) Someone has said a graduation ceremony is an event where the commencement speaker tells thousands of students, dressed in identical caps and gown, that individuality is the key to success. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to talk to you, graduates, about what I believe over the course of the number of weeks and months as we've studied the book of Nehemiah in the Old Testament, some keys to success. Now, if you have your Bible... We're in Nehemiah 6, and I want to read verse 15. Here's what it says. So the wall was completed on the 25th of Elul in 52 days. Now... As we have learned over the weeks, church family, guests, and most of our graduates, there was a lot that took place leading up to this graduation of completing the protective walls of Jerusalem in 52 days. That didn't just happen overnight. There were good days, there were bad days. There were struggling days where you had to just keep persevering to accomplish this great accomplishment in 52 days. But God used them to accomplish a lot in 52 days. Now, it takes a lot longer than 52 days to graduate from high school, it's quite an accomplishment. You, too, have had good days, bad days, days where you just had to persevere. You've had great accomplishments. Perhaps you've had defeats along the way, and hopefully you've learned to fall forward and realize God can use those difficult times and seasons in our life as well if we let him. And some of you have had amazing accomplishments Academically and otherwise. Congratulations. There's some things that were shared up here about what you've accomplished that I, I certainly had, I didn't even come close to eating a, a number of those. Congratulations. That's great. Whether you uh, were honored for academic awards, people awards, athletic awards. I just want you to know I'm proud of you. I wish I'd had a chance to be a part of your journey longer, but I'm grateful that I have a chance to be a part of this day and hopefully in different ways in the days ahead. So whether it was you graduated cum laude or thank you laude, (laughs) it was good. I always remember when President Bush, George W., was speaking years ago at a commencement service uh, graduation for Harvard. He was going on and on about those that had A's and academic achievements and awards. He said, congratulations, congratulations. And then he paused and kind of got a grin on his face. And he said, for those of you that excelled in making seas, you too can be president of the United States of America. When the walls were complete, they celebrated. It's important to pause and celebrate great achievements and accomplishments. But if we were to read the rest of the book of Nehemiah, we would find that was not the end there was so much more that god in did in and through them they had difficult times they had great celebrations they had family experiences they had enemies attacking from the inside and the outside there was so much more for them after those 52 days are that graduation or the accomplishment of the rebuilding of the protective walls of Jerusalem. So, I want you to know, students, that there's a lot more to life. And you are made for more. Say more. Whoa, 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 let's try that again. Y'all may have to help us here. I want you to say that. Please say more. More. You're made for more. Now, I want you to hang in here with me because we're going to use it as somewhat of an acrostic points. M-O-R-R. All right, I just seen if you were listening. M-O-R-E. I graduated from Clinton High School, so I, I, I at least can do that. M-O-R-E. There's so much more. So here we go. Let's look at the M. The first one is this. Make Jesus your boss. Make Jesus your boss. Now, when we come to Christ, we're to trust him as Savior. He's the one that saves us. And we make him Lord. Lordship is something that happens during the sanctification process from when we're born again to the time that we die. We grow and we learn. And the more we allow him to be boss of every area of life, the better off we'll be. And the more kingdom-minded accomplishments will be had. And the more people will be touched. Because life, folks, is not about us. It's about him as a child of God. So, let me say that again. You need to make sure that you make him boss. Not your mama. Not your great aunt. Not even your professor. Not your guidance counselor. Not your banker. Not your Sunday school teacher. Now, People have influence. There's all kind of people in the Bible and in the world that are going to continue to speak into your life. And as long as it's kingdom-minded stuff, let them. But understand something. You're to let God be your boss. He needs to be your best friend. But he also needs to have a certain amount of reverence, and you fear him, meaning you respect him, and you let him call the shots. Now, as we think about Nehemiah, God opened up his eyes. So you need to make sure that Jesus is Lord and boss, and make sure that he's opened up your eyes to let him be boss. Let me explain that in two or three ways. One is Salvation. Jesus told Nicodemus, a very religious person that was very involved in church, he said, you must be born again. So I want to make sure you know something. Whether your daddy is a minister, like mine was, whether you attended vacation Bible school every year and learned the songs and maybe was on the stage with the choreography, no matter what, you must be born again. You need to make sure that you're sure that you're saved. Sure, we believe that one of the tenets of our faith is the security of the believer. But we believe that because of 1 John 5, 13 that says, these things have I written that you might know that you have eternal life. I can tell you this. During my graduation as a high school student, there were times, even though I always went, had a childhood conversion, there were times that I would doubt my salvation. I want to encourage you, graduates, as well as those, if you are doubting your salvation today, I'd nail it down. Because it can be very frustrating. It can be like this. Just because you're doubting does not mean you're not saved or you've been born again. These things have I written that you might know that you have eternal life. But there may be something that you need to address Talk to a counselor. Deal with before you leave today. Don't go through life doubting any longer. Nail it down. These things have I written that you might know that you have eternal life. And it's not based on being a good person. It's based on saying, dear God, I am a wretched sinner. I'm putting my faith in Jesus alone, and I'm trusting you as Savior and Lord. The best thing you can do as a graduate before you go off to college or you face this summer and already some things are going to be changed is to make sure that you have put your faith in Jesus Christ because if you've not done that and nailed that down, he ain't going to be your boss. Make sure you get that step right. Secondly, in relationship to that, daily communication. You have some changes that have just begun, and so many of them are going to be good. But you need to make sure that you're daily communicating with God. As we've looked at Nehemiah, God opened his eyes to his will, and God opened his eyes because he continually prayed. Be in constant communion with God. Sure, that means get along with him. But it also means when you're driving with your eyes open, you pray and you talk to him. It means as you're meeting people, you're praying and asking God to help you. And you never stop communicating and communion with God has to be a part of allowing him to be boss and king. So make sure he's Lord. And make sure he's boss as you communicate with him and as you listen to him through his word. Circumstances, godly influences, and counsel. Make sure you're communing with him. The reason those 52 days happened, which was miraculous, was because he kept praying and praying and praying and praying. You may face some things you've never faced in the days ahead and you weren't prepared for, but God will help you. He's going to help you in anything you face. He allows things and sometimes bad things to happen. But he can use it for good if you keep communion, communication open with him and relying on him. The other thing about this is the regular separation. You got to know when to distance yourself from bad company. The Bible says bad company corrupts good character. Now, a lot of you have done that all the way through junior high, middle school, high school, and you've done a good job with that. Congratulations because that's not easy. But don't assume that's going to happen next month or when you go off to college or in the days ahead. Make sure that you're salt and light, but know when to separate yourself from others that may lead you down a path that you don't want to go. And when Jesus is king and you're communicating with him, he's going to help you know who those are. You love everybody. But you've got to know when to create some distance and separate yourself. I shared on a Wednesday night that in my study, I have a picture of two guys that I went to school with They were in my graduating class. Would have been if I had stayed in Kosciuszko and the other in Clinton that was. And the reason I I keep their picture up there is because they had everything going for them when they were sitting in your seat 45 years ago. Everything. Intellect, athletic ability, charismatic personality. They were very well-rounded leadership people. And the reason I keep them there. Is because their lives were cut short. People make choices and choices make people. And I guarantee you, I believe that part of the reason is because they allowed themselves to start allowing people that weren't good influences on their life to be their best buddies and friends. And it, it led to disaster. And it, kept their, it cut their lives short and it affected a lot, a lot of people. Don't, don't, don't dismiss what I'm saying. And this is, this is obviously for all of us. Peer pressure is not just something the teenagers face. It can be adults too. We must always be careful about who our closest and best companions and friends are. Or it can lead us in a direction of disaster. Let Jesus be boss and king and let him determine who our closest friends need to be. George Washington once said, it is better to be alone than to be In bad company. M. Make Jesus your boss. O. Opposition goes with life. Especially the Christian life. Opposition goes with life. We've seen this over and over in our study of Nehemiah, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem continue to oppose Nehemiah and God's people over and over and over you as you've had challenges up to now will have challenges in the future some that you you could never imagine it's good that we don't know the future of what may or may not happen to us but it's great To know who holds the future and who holds us in our hand when when we have made Jesus our king and boss. So make sure that you understand that opposition goes with life, especially the Christian life. Expect there to be pushback like Nehemiah experienced. From who? First of all, from those outside the family of God. When you go to the university or a university or a community college as well as a christian school some people think i think most people don't some people think if you go to a christian school like some of us went to that oh everybody's going it's going to be all about jesus and everybody's going to be walking by faith it is going to oh, all there's not going to be stuff in the world that's not true it's everywhere there's stuff everywhere we can find stuff everywhere but i can tell you there will be some people and professors that will have a worldly view. And so what you want to do as you're making Jesus king and boss is you want to be prepared and be well-grounded and know what you believe and why you believe what you believe. Now says always be prepared to give an answer for the reason for the hope that is within you with meekness and fear. And if you're faced with something from a professor or from a friend that may or may not go to church, they may be atheists and you've never faced it before. Listen, just smile at them and say, Man, that's a great question. I don't know. Don't try to pretend you don't you have the answer. Just say, I don't know. Let me get back with you on that. And if we will take the time to study and prepare and go to some apologists that explain the Bible, then oftentimes we'll have a better direction and answer to give those who could be seekers. They could be skeptics and not really want the answer. They're just building straw men to keep them from coming to grips with their sin and reality and putting their faith in Jesus alone. But be ready. Be prepared. You don't have to park your brain to be a believer. So expect there to be pushback from outside the family and from inside the family of God from time to time. So here's what I would tell you. Use discernment within your own family unit, parents, siblings, as well as church family, this one or otherwise. Why? Because you're making God your boss. And it may be their dream for your your life may not be God's dream for your life. As much as you love and you respect your parents, and ministers and youth ministers from the pastor, whoever, you make sure you know how God has shaped you and wired you and you listen to his voice. And if they oppose you in some way or question you in some way, it can be used for good and don't think they have ill will. They could be trying to help you in Jesus' name, but it really helps you get on God's track even better. It might be they tell you something you need to hear. But it may be God uses it in another way to keep you on the right track or tweak it just a little bit. So opposition goes with life, especially the Christian life. From the outside the world and sometimes within, use it for good. The R stands for rely on others for help. There is no way that Nehemiah could have done that in 52 days by himself. Who did he rely on? Well, he relied on God, but he relied on other people. He pulled families together. He pulled the family of God together, and therefore, 52 days, this wall was built. It's fine to be secure in who you are and comfortable in your own skin. And you want to be driven in the right way and balanced in life. But don't hesitate to let people help you. Don't let pride keep you from asking for help. I, uh, I'm reminded of a guy. When I went to Mississippi College, he was the baseball coach. His name was Moose Perry, Coach Bill Perry, who now is in a assisted living in, uh, in Jackson. I saw him about a month ago. He's touched a lot of lives because he loved coaching and teaching and just life and people and the Lord. So I was a, I was a, I was a freshman, and uh, and he was our he was my coach, and I was just getting to know Coach Perry. But man, that first couple of weeks of college kind of rocked me. I'm just going to be real vulnerable with you here. I, uh, I, I I was having trouble with my girlfriend. I was I, I didn't know a lot of people on the team yet. There were no other Clinton guys there at the time. And uh, even though it was down the street, I was living in the dorm, so it was like I was many miles away, yet I wasn't. And I was on uh, academic probation. Do you hear me? Congratulations. <laughs> I mean, I had some stuff going on. Uh and then I went to the bookstore. That's one of the hardest things I've ever dealt with as a freshman, going to the bookstore and trying to figure out how to get the books with the line. And then, you know, you spoke the baseball supposed to pay for the books, and you got to sign up. And somebody didn't sign up. Probably it was me. And man, I'm telling you, so after I went, I survived going to the bookstore at Mississippi College to get my books for the classes. I only took four because, yeah, I was trying to get my GPA up. I had some strikes against me going into it. Don't tell everybody else listening that I did that. So after that, I made a beeline to Coach Perry's office. I said, you got a minute?" He said, yeah, come on in. What is wrong? Man, I started crying. I wasn't supposed to cry. But uh, not about that, but I was, man, I was just, I was upset. I don't know that he'd ever had a freshman baseball player do that. About the thing, I was just overwhelmed. He was great. He listened to me in all his shock. He gave me some words of counsel. And I'm going to tell you this, I will always love Coach Perry because of that one moment and that one day. Because he helped me and he cared. You're going to run into some stuff. I know a lot of you have done great. You're strong. You're strong-willed. You made good grades. That's great. Wonderful family. But there will come a time that you might experience some rough waters. Don't try to make it on your own. Get help. Ask people to help you. Don't let pride keep you from getting help because they can help you be everything that God wants you to be. One of the things that I'm encouraged about is I see a lot of uh, colleges encouraging students to shadow people. You find uh, an area that you're interested in. It could be teaching or in the medical field or in the ministry or whatever it might be uh, as a salesperson in business technology. And they encourage them to shadow them. So I would encourage you to do that. Because when you shadow somebody, follow a professional for a day in an area you're interested in, it may help you know, ooh, I think I like that. Or, ooh, I am not supposed to do that. I remember when Pastor in Marson Heights and Clinton, Bo Miles wanted to shadow me as a pastor. Bo Miles shadowed me. He was a, he was a, a student, a senior at, at Clinton High School. I never asked Bo about this, but I exposed him to a lot of the good, bad, and ugly in ministry. He never, ever considered being a pastor after that. Listen, if it might even, maybe, be something you want to do, shadow somebody, go to school. Get your education. If you're going to start a business, find those that are successful in the business. Shadow them. Learn from them. Find mentors. And listen, don't be afraid to hang out with old people. Okay? I mean, I'm sure Brother Robert would be glad to hang out with (laughs) y'all. Or Brother Phil, you know, some of these older guys that are out there. The E. M, make Jesus your boss. Oh, opposition goes with life. R, rely on others for help. E, enjoy your life because it moves rapidly. I've already so- told you, 45 years ago, 45 years ago, look at me. I was sit right where you were. I know, you thought it was like 10, 15 meters. No, 45. I'm telling it happens like that. So enjoy your life because it moves rapidly. Nehemiah eight ten. You gotta let the joy of the Lord be your strength. That's what Nehemiah eight ten says. So says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. You see, joy comes from the God above us and who's in us. Happiness comes from circumstances around us. If you're waiting to have a perfect life, you're going to run out of time. It ain't happening. We live in a depraved world, and we make mistakes, and we're depraved, and we're sinners, and so is everybody else. So there is no perfect world on this side of heaven. So learn to be content in your joy in the Lord. That way, when you go through different times in life, He helps you Paul said, I have learned to be content, and that happens over life. Enjoy the life that he's given you. That passage about the joy of the Lord was in context of a celebration of what God had done, and after reading God's word and singing his praises, accomplishments and victories are worth celebrating, but there's more to life. One of my favorite sayings is to take God seriously, but don't take yourself too seriously. Understand how you're wired, how you're shaped. Be comfortable in your own skin, not cocky. Not everybody's supposed to wear white shoes and pink shirts. But that's all right. You be who God made you to be. Not for just because it's you. Congratulations. But you are made for more. Say more. God help us all to be more and do more. As your children. God, I thank you for the invitation that we're about to have. I don't know who may need to make a decision privately or perhaps publicly. Joining the church, nailing down their salvation, just talking to somebody, going to the altar and praying about your future circumstances that are going on. But I just pray, Lord, as we sing and we celebrate and we pray that your will be done in Jesus' name, amen.